0: Every time they would call me about it, I'd get this like sharp pain in my stomach and in my chest. And I was like, oh, no, that my soul's saying no, it's saying no. Now, it would have been amazing for us financially, for my work, for whatever, for her to see that mommy does this. But I was like, oh, no, my body's saying no. So I said no. And they're like, you're kidding. And I'm like, I got to hang out with her for the summer. It's too important to me.
1: From ABC, it's No Limits. I'm Rebecca Jarvis, and each week we're talking to the most bold and influential women playing at the top of their game, trying to demystify success and what it really takes to get there, and all of the trade-offs. Whether you're looking for answers or you just want to hear a good story, you're in the right place. On today's episode, Christina Applegate has built a decades-long career in the entertainment industry. She's performed on Broadway, on television, of course, on film as well. And it all started out before she could even speak. Really, as a little baby, it started, and she's been working ever since. On this episode, we talk about why she decided to take a step back from the spotlight, what she's learned about herself along the way, and her favorite role yet— Christina Applegate, welcome to No Limits.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: I'm a real fan of you and your work and your story. You started acting so young. I was. You were a baby. Young. I was. Well, yes, you can't really call it acting if you're a baby. <laughs> but
0: uh, yes, I was on camera from the time of, you know, three months old until uh, the last couple of years where I've taken time off.
1: I watched you a lot when I was a kid, Kelly Bundy. Um, I secretly watched you, actually. My parents wouldn't let me watch Married oh, with hilarious. Children as a kid, which yeah. now seems so quaint. It's, no, it's
0: like Silver Spoons, basically, compared to everything else on television. Exactly.
1: For sure. Do you remember, what is your earliest memory of acting?
0: Gosh, I think my earliest memories were when I would, my mom would put me in the plays that she was in because she couldn't afford a babysitter, so I would end up being in these plays. She was part of this um, theater group, and... Uh, so that's, those are the first, some of the first memories I have as being on stage in these little plays.
1: Did you instantly like it? I, you know what?
0: I think they like, they lured me onto stage with like M&Ms. So yeah, I (laughs) just sat there, I think, and ate M&Ms and then said something here and there. But yeah, I did. Then I was in, um, uh, another play uh, independent of her later on when I was about 10 years old and I really loved that.
1: Your mom is an actor and was a really pivotal part of your life growing up. Did you ever think about any alternative path?
0: You know, no, I didn't really because it was such a natural just it was the way life was. You know, I had to go on auditions. I would go to auditions with her on her auditions. I mean that was just sort of what life was. Um, I remember being 13 and, and saying, I really don't want to do this anymore. And I had like my head was all shaved and I was going through that moment and. I said, I just don't want to do it anymore. I want to be able to hang out with my friends. I don't want to go to auditions after school. And she goes, okay. And I went upstairs and I got like really sick to my stomach at the thought of it. And I came down and then I said, okay, actually, um, I changed my mind. I still want to do it. And then I started booking jobs and I literally did have not stopped working since I was 13, which is when that happened. I like got on a series, then got on another series and got on another series. And this is, and then, which was married with children. I've been working since I was 13, completely straight without a break.
1: If you were starting now as an actor. Oh, oh God, I'm so sorry to
0: everyone who's starting now as an actor. I mean, you can't, you can't do anything. I mean, we got away with everything when I was a, a young teen. We did, you could do anything and no one knew about it. There wasn't paparazzi. There wasn't cell phones. There weren't nothing like that. I feel so Bad. I feel so bad for this generation.
1: It's It just seems so much more difficult, so much more complicated. Even if you weren't being followed by people with their phones, the pressure to constantly share your own story yeah. and make it an interesting story. And the fact that I've heard that directors or maybe it's more the production side of things, they'll actually make choices about actors based on how many people follow them yes, on no, Instagram. That's true. I
0: I had a friend who's who's you know older like myself you know and been in this business a long time and she said these words to me and I'm probably paraphrasing she goes oh yeah so my my agent wants me to get an Instagram so just to support my brand and I went did you I was that did you just speak a different language I don't know understand what you're talking about because I don't have an Instagram um, or anything like that I have like my Twitter that I have for work and that's and also to read my news you know whatever um all the fake news that i love to read um but i was like wait they're making you like selfie yourself like now you have to selfie and i'm like i would i would cry so many tears if someone said to me you have to do this because it's just i don't it's so foreign to me but that's the pressure that that we're that's being put on Not, not only just the young people but she's in her 40s man
1: well, how do you think about that? Because this is something, obviously, there's a part of you that loves performing, that loves this craft. And if you were starting out today and someone said to you, the only way you get this, the only way it's possible is if you make this thing, this social media thing, a part of your 24-7 life, what would you say?
0: I don't know if I could do it. I really don't. I i I, I just don't, I don't know if I could do it. It's so outside of my, like my structure and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like that's, Hey man, if you like can take a picture and you look good to go for it, man. But I'd like troll like, I'm like, I can't, none, none of that sounds okay to me, but I've always kind of been that way. Like I, I, I uh, sort of nonconformist, but, um, I guess even back way back when, when they wanted me to like go in on this big studio, like when I first got out of Married with Children, I was like, oh no, I'm just doing a, I'm just going to do indies. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm such a jerk. Um, but I'm
1: like, because you were too cool. Like,
0: hey, hey, young kid, you know, you want to make money, <laughs> you, you idiot. But no, it was like, that was the feeling. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. There was this feeling like I had to just kind of do what, what felt good to me. But I don't know. I mean, I, I know, I definitely know that 18 year old me wouldn't do it. But if I'm like 46 years old, if someone said to me tomorrow, like, "Oh, for this your new show, we have to have it," I just don't. I
1: don't know what I'd do. I, I I just don't know. It would be so awkward. I think that most people don't love the idea of it. Like most people have some feeling of like shame of like I really shouldn't be promoting myself this much, but we have to. Yeah, yeah. I get
0: its power. I totally get its power. I think it's just, I, I don't know if I could do like Insta stories of myself talking to myself. Like that would feel for me. I'd be like, Oh, I sound so stupid right now.
1: If you were starting out today in this industry, what would you say? What, what advice would you give? <laughs> Go back to where you came from,
0: <laughs> have other skills. Um, don't count on, on have your a great personality to do this because at the end of the day, if you can't, if you can't deliver, on all levels, um, craft-wise, if you want to call it that, then it, it's it's going to be fleeting.
1: And what are the all the levels?
0: You've got to... You can't be like, comedy is not my thing. You better find a way to have comedy part be part of your repertoire because there is kind of a crossover. That's what we're getting now. We're not just getting like dramas and we're not just getting comedies and we're not just getting action movies we're getting all of these things are like an amalgamation of each other now and you have to kind of have like you really have to be comfortable with all aspects of it you know there was a time when it was like i'm a dramatic actor and you know and i'm a comedian and there's no there's no line anymore you really have to kind of be able to cross over i, I believe
1: is there <laughs> you have to be the dramatic actor and the comedian in the same you have film to be, and the action <laughs> and the action hero all at the same time action hero what goes into that
0: i have no idea i've never done an action movie
1: would you ever want to
0: my back hurts too much <laughs> if, they, if someone was like yeah you need to train for six months before this and then get up at 5 a.m every day to do like you know your martial arts i'd be like
1: yeah no i look back on your story and you have had such this long and successful career a decade ago you were diagnosed. With breast cancer. You underwent a double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Last year, you did more surgery. I did. How How are you today? I'm how good. are you feeling? I'm good. I mean, I really put off getting
0: the effect to me. Uh, and I also did my um, fallopian tubes as well. I took my ovaries and my fallopian tubes out in September. And I've been putting it off for so long. And because um, I was so scared of what how it was going to affect me and um, and everything. And I'm t- fine. You know, they give me hormones to replace the hormones that are no longer in my body. And I regulated that through after like a week or so of feeling like super menopausal. And then now I'm just fine. <laughs> fine.
1: I would imagine a lot of this was a learning process, though, for you. You
0: know, there isn't a guidebook, but there's always someone there who's been through it, who will listen to you to talk to you through it. And that's something that I had luckily when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2008, my doctor hooked me up with these like four women who I've ne- had never met, um, who are basically anonymous to me. And they were on the phone with me no matter what time of day it was to explain things, to take me through it, to prepare me for it and to just like let me know that I wasn't alone. Um, and then after I had mine, I've been that for other for tons of women, sadly, tons mm-hmm. of women over the last 10 years. Um, But I hadn't known anyone who had done the surgery that I had done except for like one person and she had kind of a crappy experience with it. But so I was really scared. But then, um, and it was nothing. I mean, I did that preventative, so I didn't have any kind of ovarian cancer or anything. I just was, I'm, I have BRCA. So the chances of me getting it were pretty high. So, and you don't want to mess with that one. That's, that one's not a fun, that's not, you don't have a good, (laughs) usually a good outcome with that. So it was time. For my baby child, for my baby child to have a mama around, I had to do it for Sadie. Mm-hmm.
1: Daughter Sadie is Sadie. seven. She is seven now. So insane. That is crazy. I remember Maybe. I interviewed you a few years ago, mm-hmm. and she was mm-hmm. such a little kid. And now she's now she's cussing me out. So <laughs> she really? Yeah. We had a long <laughs>
0: talk about that the other day. It's like, kid, okay, this language is not okay by me, but. She used it all in the right context, so I was kind of proud of her at the same time. like you know what I was being an a h you're very correct Sadie um yeah, she's incredible and and you know she this is the time that she i feel like I need to be there and then so I am there i am i do i wake i'm up with her, I make breakfast, I get her ready for school I take her to school I work at her school, then I go pick her up from school I take her to her lessons I take her to her play dates. I everything everything is done by mommy so that's how what that's my job right now
1: is that what you saw it being or is that what you've ultimately decided you wanted it to be I don't I don't know
0: what I saw as being a parent what that was going to be I mean it it changes every day anyway because they're so they're changing constantly so you have to change your approach to parenting constantly um know that you're going to fail constantly and but pick yourself up and as you know and look at them and go okay they're doing well so i'm doing a good job too
1: what's the toughest lesson you've had to learn along the way oh gosh hear more from christina applegate after a quick word from our sponsor brought to you by indeed used by over three million businesses for hiring where business owners and hr professionals can post job openings with screener questions then sort review and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard learn more at indeed.com slash hire There's a lot coming at you right now. Turmoil, tweets, an insane amount of chatter. I'm Brad Milkey with ABC News, and I am here to throw you a lifeline. It's a new podcast called Start Here, where our experts give you on-the-ground access to the biggest stories of the day. We're going to give you some context, some clarity among the chaos. 20 minutes every weekday. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And start here. What's the toughest lesson
0: you've had to learn along the way? Oh gosh, the toughest lesson just in life in general. Yeah, of all, all these forty-something years, um, it's okay to say no. Spent a lot of years yesing, and it's okay to like like self-care, you know.
1: And why were you saying yes all those years?
0: People pleaser, such a people pleaser. Like, yo,
1: no, of course, I'll do that. No, no,
0: it's totally fine. And now I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I, know, I can't. But you would be so. Oh no, I'm sorry. Nope, I gotta listen to my heart on this one. Gotta take care of me. It is a real energy. It's okay sap. to say yes too. Sure, yes is a good. Yes is a good vibration. Well, and if too, you like, don't say yes, yes to the day, yes to the things, but also if something doesn't sit right with you, you gotta say no. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I had a job offered to me um, a year ago. And it was going to be the last summer before she started kindergarten, which to me was like just a big deal to spend it with her. A great. Amazing job. Amazing job paid better than I've ever been paid in my life. Still in Los Angeles, blah Bob, but it was five months and it was all over the summer. And every time they would call me about it, I'd get this like sharp pain in my stomach and in my chest. And I was like, Oh, no, that my soul's saying no. It's saying no. Now, it would have been amazing for us financially, for my work, for whatever, for her to see that mommy does this. But I was like, oh, no, my body's saying no. So you- I said no. And they're like, you're kidding. And I'm like, I've got to hang out with her for the summer. It's too important to me.
1: Do you ever watch whatever project that was? No. Mm-mm.
0: And I'll never say what it was either.
1: Oh, I'm not. I wasn't going to ask you. <laughs> That's what it okay. was. Don't worry. I won't make you. No, do no. Or even try. No, my, my curiosity was because I actually I've talked to a couple of people about saying no versus saying yes. And um, one of the women who was here talked to me about how um, she's not an actor, but she talked to me about how there was a job she was offered and her thinking was, what will I think if I see another person doing that job? Oh. She ultimately did say yes. But I, I thought it was an interesting thing yeah, because sometimes, thing. you know, I, I think it's an interesting way of looking at these questions, which can be real challenges at the time, because when you're especially when you're coming up in your career early on, you kind of have to say yes to a lot of things. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. I if I had said no to a lot of stuff early on, I probably no, wouldn't no, you be have here. to. Yeah, no, that's what you have to. But I. Yeah, I always I always find like
0: when I've I either haven't gotten a job or have said no to something, that I've I've always enjoyed whoever had done it and they were like the right person for it. Like the universe just worked out perfectly that like, oh no, that's so much better choice. You know what I mean? So I've I'm really a big supporter. You should all have to be supporter of, of the women in your life and then the women that are in your industry and and you know, what what good goes for someone else is also good for everybody else, you know? So it's, I, I've, I'm always a big supporter of, of the women in my industry and, and kind of like being, a, you know, a champion for everyone.
1: And you, it seems like you've made really distinct choices though, for your life. You've decided, um, Especially when it comes to your social life and what happens outside of work, you've sort of built the life that you want and your life doesn't revolve around your work. Oh, gosh, no.
0: No, 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 no. I'm 24 seven with the people in my like little neighborhood and we, all these parents, like, this is, we hang out on Friday nights and drink wine and our kids like watch a movie and then, you know, that's the night we let them have pizza, watch a movie, stay up as late as you want. We're going to sit out here and like have our night and, and we, none of us leave our area. Um, it's sad, actually, because (laughs) people would be like, can you come down to West Hollywood? And I'm like, I caramba, West Hollywood. No, I can't. That's a 20 minute drive. I can't do that. Um, so I'm happy. I'm comfortable. But, you know, I also just like realize, like, I, you know, I, I have to work someday again. I really do. I love it. Do I do I miss it right now? No, but when I do get like a kind of a taste of like doing something like I recorded something for for someone recently and just being in a room and like laughing and being creative and and I was like, oh, this feels so good. It felt so nice. So I'm getting there. I'm I'm getting there. But it's I'm really looking for what's going to fit what I see mm-hmm. for my life, which is you. Know, the first two years of Sadie's life. I didn't see her. And that like always when I talk about it, I want to cry because she didn't want me. She wanted nothing to do with me. And I saw her half an hour a day and that was heartbreaking. So I've made a, a vow to myself to really to really inhale this time with her because you know what, when she's 11 years old, she's going to be like, don't come near the school. Don't walk me on the schoolyard. I want nothing to do with you, you know, so I get to have her now. Now she's like, Mama, no, you have to walk me in. Hold my hand. Oh, Love me. <laughs> that's wonderful. I'm also about to bounce like two checks right now. So I, oh, know, there's okay. There's, well, it's there's, also work, there's also that. There's also. I just looked at my thing. I was like, oh my God, please don't cash that yet. Just give me, let me try to find some money from somewhere let me get to transfer the weekend, that okay? into that
1: account. Cause yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Let's talk about sleep. Let's you, talk about it. You're an insomniac? Yes,
0: I am. Have been for most of my adult life. And it sucks, but um it's it's so funny. So yeah, I I for most of my life I've I've had like different variations of insomnia for years. It was like I couldn't fall asleep and then I still had to get up early, which is always painful it's you know you're laying there going like well okay if i go to sleep now i'll get six hours and then an hour later you're like well i mean it's okay like if i go to sleep now i'll get five hours and then like it turned to like oh and then your alarm's going off and you're completely screwed now mine is that i can fall asleep really early and then i wake up like seven times during the night that's seven kind times of, or more i mean you could look at like i have one of those fitness uh, tracker things and you can look on the sleep thing and it's like red line red line red line red line but that's what <laughs> means how many times you've been awake Um, but when I teamed up with Merck about three years ago for the Why So Awake campaign to really educate people about insomnia, I learned so much that I was doing wrong. And this, the simplest of adjustments to my lifestyle changed everything for me. It was amazing. Like how many of us like check our phone right before we go to bed or read a tablet? Well, the blue light actually tells the awake part of your brain to be awake so you're you're basically drinking a cup of coffee before you go to bed if you're looking at your phone. Um, but there are settings on there that you can change to nighttime settings. And I have mine start at like 6 p.m. And then it comes back on at 7 a.m. So it goes it goes to yellow light from 6 to 7. And that's been so huge. Um, making it cool in your room. Because a lot of us want to feel Not like... Not too hot. No, you got to keep it cool. Like, cool. And if you're cold, put some socks on and put your thing... But to keep coolness... Um, Try not to eat too close to bed. Don't drink too close to bed. Keep it dark. Keep the TV off. And then what I've been doing lately, which is something that's been really invaluable, and I kind of came up with it on my own one night, was I woke up. I had been asleep for a couple hours, and I woke up at midnight, and I was about to just, like, turn on the television and, like, watch CNN or ABC, of course. Wink, wink. Um, Wink, wink, ABC. Um, And I was like, no. And then I just went. I forgive you. I forgive you for being awake. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay that you're up. Not a big deal. I forgive you. And as I just got really peaceful with the whole idea of it, I fell back asleep again.
1: What's the worst advice you've received in your career? <laughs> uh,
0: the bigger the eyebrow, the better. Maybe <laughs> I don't know if it was ever advice, but that was, was that something, in the makeup chair. That was something that just happened. I don't know. Um, you know what? I can't think of any bad advice because I don't. I don't. I have a tendency to not like pay attention when people are talking to
1: me. Well, it's an interesting point because you kidding, do. I'm no, I'm not. I. I don't think you're totally shutting everybody out. But it is an interesting no. point because there are. Uh, there are a lot of people who, um, wouldn't necessarily be comfortable making some of the choices that you've made where inside of you does it come from for you to know so clearly that these are trade-offs that I am not willing to make even though there might be upside for some people
0: I don't I don't know I think
1: I never sought
0: this out so, and what I mean by that, because that sounds snotty. It sounds like, oh, I didn't have to do anything and then I became successful. No, I just was in this from such a young age and it just never stopped. It just was like, it was a continuum, you know? So it was just what we had to do. My mom had, I had to work. We had no money, you know? So it was kind of like, I have to do this and she's cast to do this. Otherwise we're going to be evicted from our house or we're not going to have any food. So this is, was like, this was my job. This was my life. It was my lifestyle. Um, the the success part of it literally was came out of left field. So, and that didn't even hit anything because you know what? We were on, married with children and we were like the black sheep of that network and we were not ever treated like we were something special over there. You know, they had the 21 Jump Streets and they had everybody else that they were like fawning over and we literally were left alone to like no one, you know, like, there wasn't a, there wasn't like a big cake. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> there probably was a cake at some point, but I mean, metaphorically, it really wasn't like that. We And so we never even realized the impact that we were having out there. So that's kind of why I think I feel this way. It's just sort of, ah, just kept kind of going and I worked really hard. I'm not going to say that. I mean, I auditioned for everything that I ended up getting, you know, I worked hard to get those things.
1: How you many know? auditions do you think you've been on I don't, in your life? Oh my
0: God, so many. And I just went on an audition recently, which I was the first one in probably 12, 13 years. So that was super frightening. And it was like 16 pages of dialogue. And I, my agents were like, well, you don't have to audition for this. And I was like, no, well, I want to. I I want. I would love this job. This is a perfect job for me. And it's. I haven't done this in so long. Well, like what a great challenge for me to be able to like, see if I can do it again, you know, and and am I going to freak out? Am I going to be scared? Am I going to pass out? Like, how am I going to feel? And like, that's exciting too. Like, let's see what, let's right. see what happens in the room. And I'm not attached to the outcome of it. Like whether I get it or not is not going to change like the course of my, my life today, but let's just see what happens. And it went really well and I did not get the job, but that's okay. I was sad about that one because I was like, oh, it's such a perfect job. It's like ensemble work just a couple days a week (laughs) mommy gets to take her kid to soccer so but oh well the
1: next one the next one it's all fine something will come along what goes into preparing for 16 pages of dialogue oh
0: a lot of thinking um and because i don't like to read off the page a lot of memorizing memorizing which i hadn't memorized in so long i was always pretty good at it but then as it's a muscle too so you get out of your muscle yeah. atrophies so I was having a really hard time and then like the character had like this one big long full page speech and I looked at it and I was like oh my god and then I said don't get intimidated just one thing at a time one little thing at a time one thought at a time if you know what it is that you're trying to say if it, if you know what it is that you, you're trying to convey it, what then you can you'll, the words will come the words will be there and so I just worked on that and and then I couldn't, I was like, I didn't look at the page. I was like, oh my God, that happened.
1: You still can do this. This is, but you still didn't get it. So it's <laughs> okay. I think you need to keep going. It's all good. I, I know. I, I totally feel you on that. And I look forward to watching you in whatever the next thing It'll is. It'll be something soon. Um, And Sadie is a very lucky girl. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Okay, it's the end of the interview, which means it's time for our No Limits Entrepreneur of the Week, where we feature one of you, our amazing listeners, who is building something of your own. And this week's No Limits Entrepreneur is Susie Welsh. She's the CEO and founder of Binto. It's a women's health company that provides women with a monthly subscription box of personally curated health products. Doesn't that sound good? Healthier? Without thinking about it, they do the thinking for you and send it to you. So on their website, they ask you a series of questions to figure out what kind of supplements, vitamins, or probiotics would be best for you. And then they provide you with one-on-one support from health professionals. Susie caught our eye because she created her company to help cut through a lot of the junk science that consumers are faced with day-to-day when it comes to health. And Susie, I have to say... I love that because I spend so much of my time cutting through the junk science when it comes to the economy and business and technology. There's so much misinformation out there, and I love that you are attacking that with a business that makes sense. You know, my favorite word is charlatans because I despise charlatans, and there are so many of them. And Susie, well, she wanted to help with women's health and cut out the charlatans. So she came up with this idea while she was working as a nurse, she noticed a hole in the market where her patients were constantly asking advice about which supplements or vitamins they should be taking. Here she is to tell you the story. Hi, everyone. My name is Susie Welsh. I'm the founder and CEO at Binto. Binto is a digitally native women's health company, and we get women access to real healthcare providers and over-the-counter products on a digital platform. I launched Bento after working for many years as a women's health nurse and noticing that women didn't have a place to turn to for health advice, a professional, or get their products. So we support you from your period years all the way through menopause. All of our products come here in these grab-and-go day packs, and they're personalized to match your exact needs. You can find us online at mybento.com, and you can also join the conversation and follow along on @mybento at Instagram. Such a smart business. So congratulations, Susie. I wish you and Binto continued success. And remember, you can head on over to my Instagram at Rebecca Jarvis to hear more of Susie and Binto's story. Don't forget, if you or someone you know should be featured here on No Limits as the entrepreneur of the week, send those nominations to me, or you can send career questions to me as well. You can send it all to no limits with RJ podcast at gmail.com. I know how busy we all are. I really appreciate it when all of you take the time to write. I also want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To those of you who have been leaving us reviews, like Anna S922, who writes, there's something to take away from RJ's No Limits podcast, which I look forward to listening to all the time. Life lessons, business advice, inspiration, or just an interesting story? RJ asked the questions that we all want answered. Really enjoy this podcast. I will continue listening and spreading the word. Thanks, Rebecca and team. Well, thank you so much, Anna S922. We really appreciate you spreading the word. I am so happy you're getting the most out of this podcast. And to those of you who have been writing me similar messages, thank you to you too. It is such a great feeling when I know that we're reaching you and when we're having conversations that are important to your lives and making things better in that life. Finally, a shout out to my team here that helps make this happen week after week, Taylor Dunn, Editor Michelle Bancardo, Research Assistant Annie Osakwe, and the ABC Radio team, David Ryan, Elizabeth Russo, Josh Cohan, Andrew Kelp, and Steve Jones. We've got the exclusive view behind the table. What is happening here? It's just beautiful chaos. Every day, right after the show, while the topics are still hot, the ladies go deeper into the moments that make The View the view.
0: To be honest, I was thinking about asking him for a foot massage, and then I I just froze. This is the best gig on yeah. TV.
1: And you know anything can happen. That
0: is what we do here.
1: I'm not going to lie. The chair's a little small for my behind. <laughs> the View's Behind the Table podcast. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.